When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Future Brew right here on mazenbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon and with me today, Stephen Asentoski, the man who does it all. Stephen, how you doing, man? Doing all right. Ahead of uh, schedule here on my analysis, so that's always good. Um, yeah, excited to talk about uh, some basketball and a couple uh, future guys. It, it's crazy. Whenever I read 2023 for the class uh, of these guys, it just reminds me of how old I am. And my 2011 graduating high school class seems like, uh, I mean, it's literally a decade ago. So I'm not getting any younger, Vaughn. That's just the way of the world, it seems. I'll be at that decade mark next year. I graduated in 2012. So I'm not looking forward to that. That that makes me feel very old. And uh, the fact that it's been almost 10 years since I was in college, uh, it's scary. I'm getting gray hairs uh, by the second here, Stephen. So I'm with you. I am completely with you. So, but yeah, uh, we have quite the jam-packed show, as Stephen kind of alluded to. Going to talk about a few 23 guys here in a little bit. But let's first start off with Michigan basketball. And their uh, newest commitment of the 22 class, and that is Greg Glenn, the four-star power forward from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, plays at Calvary Christian Academy. Very good friends with the Howard family, so this one kind of seems like uh, a long time coming here. Uh, Four predictions were in for the Maize and Blue on the crystal ball before he ended up committing to the Wolverines was originally going to commit <laughs> on Monday. And then the Instagram uh, issues and everything that uh, was going on on Monday kind of kind of canceled all of that out. He was going to do it live on Instagram. So had to push it back a day. I've never heard of that one, Stephen, before, but uh, <laughs> interesting. Nonetheless, he had um, quite the offer sheet. He had Florida, Alabama, Maryland, Miami, some really good basketball schools. Arkansas has been very good uh, over the last few years, but his top five that he narrowed it down to back in July, I thought was very interesting. So it was Michigan, Georgia, South Florida, Virginia Tech, and Ionia. Um, so just very, it, just a mixed bag of schools uh, uh, for the most part there. Obviously, Michigan and Georgia stand out among the other two. But uh, he took his official visit to Michigan just a few weeks ago, actually, and uh, visited with, like I said, his good friend, Jet Howard, who um, uh, is obviously Juwan's son, 22 recruit, uh, currently uncommitted at this time. uh, But you would imagine that he'll probably be a Wolverine at some point in the near future as well. But they were going after a couple other guys at the forward spot. Ty Rogers uh, was was the in-state guy that they were going after, top 50 player. I would anticipate that recruitment's probably over at this point, Stephen. Um, you can really only take so many of the same guys because he and Jet Howard are kind of in that same group as well. Um, but nonetheless, uh, solid pickup. He is number 108 overall 
on the 24-7 Sports Composite. And uh, Michigan's class is now in the top 10, number eight overall as of this moment. And he is joining in with Doug McDaniel, the uh, four-star point guard, and Terrace Reed, the four-star big man uh, who sits in the top 50 there. So, Stephen, um, let's break it down a little bit. Greg Glenn, obviously a pretty good player here. In my opinion, in in my opinion, I don't know. I, I haven't watched a ton of film, admittedly, but with the shooting, that's going to need to get some work. But the defense and the rebounding, there there's there might be something special here, and uh, it, it might take a little bit of time for him to actually see consistent playing time. But I think there's something. I think there's something there with Greg Glenn that a lot of people, uh, from just first glance, they may say, "Well, there's a lot to work on," but if he comes off the bench and provides some meaningful minutes on defense and uh, collecting rebounds, I think, uh, I think there's something, something there with that. What do you think about him as a prospect, Steven? Yeah, I think he does have a decent three point shot. I think there are some improvements needed with his mechanics. I think he starts his shooting motion with the uh, ball a little bit low, a little bit towards his waist. And you want to make sure that um, you know, at the next level, you're not going to get away with that. You need to bring that ball up closer to your chest, start your shooting motion from there. So that was the main thing in terms of shooting that I think uh, he could improve upon. I was impressed with his passing ability. He um, has some guard skills. He's not a guy that you really want to be uh, dribbling the ball all over the place. Obviously, there's a reason he's um, not only his size, but I think his, his ball skills, he's better off catching and, and driving rather than, um, you know, trying to beat the guy off the ball. I think if you can do a, uh, a catch and, and one dribble to the basket, that's where he's uh, really strong. I like him near the basket as well. It brings a nimbleness to it. So um, he, he's closer to me of like a, a smaller power forward than a true, uh, true small forward where I think Jet Howard fits that role a little bit more where he's more of a shooting small forward where Greg Glenn you can put him down as a uh, as either the three or the four and he can make it work on in both of those roles so um, I think he's a really a really great player I think his ranking is probably because he's kind of between that small forward and power forward role um, kind of reminds me of Zach Irvin a, a bit in that regard on kind of the skill set that he brings but you mentioned the defense you mentioned the uh rebounding that that's something that uh I think has kind of taken a, a back seat especially rebounding and maybe not necessarily the rankings but in terms of like what people pay attention to when it comes to recruiting it's something that uh you hope it, it will be there for a guy but not something that's going to uh really stand out as like a, a primary skill set so um I'm with you. I don't, I don't necessarily see a, a quick path for him. Um, but with how quick these, these rosters really change with, um, you know, the better Michigan does, the better uh, those prospects will look to the NBA. So it's, it's kind of hard to project how quickly they'll catch on. I would expect him to be closer to a, a three-year player than anything else, but um, it's a good pickup. And I think it complements the class. Well, we don't really have a body like that in the uh, 22 class. So I think he, he slots in nicely. And I agree with you that uh, it's kind of a nice compliment in the um, at the forward position to go with uh, Jet Howard, if we're safe to make that assumption. So <laughs> I think we are safe to make that assumption, but yeah. I digress. Um, yeah, I, I think a comparison to be made here with Greg Glenn is Terrence Williams, the uh, 
a current Michigan Wolverine mm. forward. A, a, in, coming out of high school, he was 6'6", 215. Terrence Williams was uh, coming out of uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, Greg Glenn at 6'7", 215, just an inch taller. So I think there is something there for sure. And Jawan Howard, he, he knows what he likes. He knows what is good for the team. And I'm with you. I, I don't think Greg Glenn is... He's not going to be a one and done. He's not going to be a two and done. He could be around for a while. And by a while, I mean his entire um, time in college to get his degree. Um, but you're, you're going to need some guys like that. You can't have one and dones uh, just throughout your entire recruiting class. You're going to need these guys that fill in the gaps for when those more talented players, more NBA ready players leave. And I, I do believe Greg Glenn is one of those guys. He's going to be around for a while. And if you look at the development of Terrence Williams uh, from his freshman season, it, it took him a little bit to get it going. And uh, I, I think he's going to end up playing a more important role down the line. Terrence Williams will. And I think Greg Glenn could have a, a very similar path to that uh, if, if he does uh, buy into everything and, and kind of just wait in the wings, wait his turn behind these other guys that are a little bit more talented than him. Um, but I, I just wanted to get your take on, on that with uh, the Terrence Williams comparison and, and kind of just the mindset that like a top prospect has to, has to be in to, uh, to come into college to, uh, to a big program and kind of just sit and wait and just soak in everything and learn from uh, the higher up guys at that moment in time. Yeah. I mean, especially when you have Michigan who's building a program that, uh, the goal is to get to like, I think at least the conference uh, be a, be a player in the conference title uh, each season and make a, a deeper run um, into April is the goal for Michigan now. So when you have that sort of expectation, I think within the program and that uh, that firm standing, I think that Michigan does, that is going to, um, I, I kind of, I'm not comparing Michigan basketball to Alabama football, but you, you look at all these guys on, on Alabama football's bench and it's like, man, those guys could be playing anywhere right now. And it's like, yeah, but they want to, they want to win some games and they want to win some championships. And they understand that um, you do that with more veteran players. And that's just, that's just kind of how it is. You're going to learn from the best. You're going to be going up against the best in practice every day. And that's what makes a championship team when you have uh, when you're surrounding yourself with talent that's um, better than you and a coaching staff that knows how to develop you. So um, I think even with a guy like Hunter Dickinson, who is far and away the best freshman in the conference last year, that he had a lot to develop. And it was you, it's an anomalous situation when you have a, a true freshman uh, big man contribute. And uh, even with that, there are a lot of things that a guy like Hunter Dickinson can improve on and um, I just think for big men, especially, uh, it just takes a little bit of time to get your body ready for that, uh, that beating that you'll take in the big 10 conference and, uh, just getting fully up to speed with what the, what, the, what is necessary at the next level. So I think when you take a guy like this, because I, I like what you mentioned about, you're not able to really build a championship caliber team strictly off of one and dones and five stars, you need those glue guys and, um, guys like Terrence Williams, Brandon Johns, another guy who's going to um, kind of fill that that four uh, power forward, kind of more athletic power forward role that you could see here for uh, Glenn as well. When you have those guys that you need to stick around and, and build that sort of core group of the class, you want to make sure they're going to stick around, right? Because they're 
the, the longer they stay around, the more your culture kind of surrounds those guys. There's more potential for them to be captains, um, to have that sort of uh, driving force within the locker room. So when you have a guy like Glenn who describes Michigan like family, right? You, you mentioned always being around the Howards. He mentioned John Howard being like an uncle to him. So in, in terms of picking up those guys that are ranked around 100 three-year program guys or whatever, that's about as close as you can get to a sure bet that he'll be willing to wait around. Because it takes a lot of trust when you're the guy at your high school and you're um, you know, ranked around top 100 in the nation for your class. I think it's natural to have a little bit of pride towards your skill set, and you should because it, it takes a lot to get to that point. But uh, beyond that, it's about trust in the staff and trust about what the goals are for the team and um, the plan that the staff has laid out for your personal development in the future. So um, in, in terms of like making that bet on a player that, yeah, this is going to be a guy that will stick around for his shot and trust that we will get him there. Um, I don't think you can find a better fit than uh, kind of what Greg Glenn does that for Michigan. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's going to be, it's going to be really fun to see how everything all kind of plays out uh, just with, just with the hoops uh, program in, in general and, and being able to see all of these guys who, yeah, I mean, you're going to get uh, the Musa Diabates and Caleb Houston's of the world because you're winning and because of the culture, but you also need guys like Greg Glenn, Terrence Williams, Zeb Jackson, Jace Howard, these guys that kind of buy in and know their role. And, and that's really the most important part is knowing your role, I, I think, with this program. And as long as everybody knows their role, I think everything will be fine. Um so yeah, good pickup. I, I really like this addition to the class. Now it sits in the top 10. You got three commits. So if 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 I'm looking at it from a bird's eye view here, Jed Howard is still uncommitted for the time being. You would imagine that he's probably a shoe-in candidate for another commit. And after that, I mean, it, honestly, they might be done after that, Stephen, because you got Yuan Treor, who just visited uh on his for his official visit but he's taken the rounds and in, in his official visits top 10 center um but other than him man i mean i don't really see who else could could join the class at this moment in time so you're probably looking at a four-man class you're probably going to take in howard jet howard that is and and kind of call it a day but i mean they're they're leaving the door open for Treor at the very least because of just how talented he is and Obviously, they paired him up on that visit with Terrace Reed, and uh, they have that plan set in stone there if he ends up committing to Michigan. So, but if I had to just, you know, Nostradamus, uh, you know, crystal ball prediction, I would say, you know, you're taking Greg Glenn today, and then you're taking Jed Howard, whatever he wants to commit. And then at that point, the, the class is probably done at that point, Stephen. What, what's your take on that? Yeah, I don't see them really going for more than. Uh, the four that you mentioned, uh, two that are committed, Glenn, and then uh, hopefully Jet Howard uh, jumps on board. Um, I think it's smart because you you don't want to build your class on kind of those reach prospects, those treors of the world. It's just not a way to build your program. It's not. Uh, it's just not going to work out with with guys like that. It's just hard to, um, excuse me, get more than uh, one of those per class. I mean, Michigan did it in this previous class with. Uh, Giabate and uh, Caleb Houston, but 
um, you're not going to be able to do that really year over year with just kind of the, the makeup that Michigan wants their blend of uh, one and dones with more program guys. So it's just smart to ensure that you have your, your glue guys um, solidified. And then you can always reach having that spot to always reach for a Treyor. Uh, there's definitely, you know, Michigan will ensure there's room for a guy like that, just in case he does uh, go to the Wolverines, but that's, that's the appropriate way to do it. Right. Michigan will, will have options at that point. I think with the transfer portal as well, um, it just leaves a lot of room for Michigan to uh, continue to fill any spots with that. So um, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a four man class. I'm not sure about Treyor. He did pick up, I believe a Memphis crystal ball at some point since our last uh, talks about him. Um, so we'll see. It's, it's not looking likely, but uh, again, it, it makes sense just from a uh, roster management perspective to um, solidify the guys you can and then uh, have a spot to reach to ensure that uh, you can take a shot on a high flying talent, some five star top 10 guy. And if he comes great. And if, if not, then, uh, you know, you can turn to the portal to fill any gaps later. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a, a pivotal part of recruiting moving forward is utilizing the portal because they've taken a guy at point guard in the portal the last couple of years. And I would anticipate if, uh, you know, if Dickinson leaves, which that is highly anticipated at this very moment, um, might go after a big man at, at in the transfer portal. I don't think it would be out of the realm of possibilities for them to look for that. I know they've got a couple guys waiting the wings, but you can never have too much experience just across the board. And uh, once Dickinson's gone, the experience is kind of uh, run dry at that point. But um, yeah, no, really interesting. And, and Trey Ord did pick up a, a Memphis crystal ball um, within the last week or so. And uh, so that's, that's not saying that he's going to commit anytime soon, but uh, just kind of a, a trend of, uh, of what could come for Treyor's recruitment here. So hopefully, um, hopefully they're able to, to keep fighting. He's a very good prospect and, and uh, would be a welcome addition to the class. That's for sure. But yeah, I would say for now, it's probably going to be Glenn and uh, Jen Howard, and then probably, uh, probably call it a, call it a class there. And, and that's, that's a class that they would be very happy with. They've got a lot of talent in this class and they've got a lot of, talent currently on the team so it's 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 a fun time to be covering Michigan basketball recruiting I'll say that but uh, but yeah lots lots of good stuff happening with basketball and we're going to uh after the break turn our attention to uh the football side of things and we're going to flip over to a few prospects in the 23 class who were pretty interested in Michigan uh before this uh past weekend's uh, huge win in Madison. Now they're even more interested in the Wolverine. So we're going to get to that on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome for, uh, or thank you. Now, welcome, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, if you couldn't tell me and Steven are recording this at, uh, eight 20 in the morning, it's a, uh, this is what I call um, morning with maize and brew, uh, today, Steven. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know we if should, uh... you got a cup of coffee over there, man. I don't, I don't. <sighs> I know I'm, I'm eating some oatmeal though. So I don't okay. know. Hopefully that'll wake me up, but, uh, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. I, I hope so. Mute you, you go ahead and mute yourself so you can get your oatmeal. I'll, I'll, I'll do the talking here. Um, and, and then once I mute myself, I'll go back in for my, uh, hashtag basic 
pumpkin coffee that I have uh, just sitting here waiting for me. Ooh, but, uh, I, I know. Do you, do you do the pumpkin coffee? I'm a black coffee guy. I'm just oh, give it to a, me straight up. I'm it's it's yeah. purely laziness. It's purely laziness. I just can't add the extra two seconds to put in creamer or sugar. I'm just pour the coffee and just that's it. <laughs> I was gonna say that uh, is very manly of you, but then that description of it, uh, not so much. But I digress. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do the talk and go ahead and enjoy your oatmeal, but. Um, Let's talk about a few 23 prospects in the football side of things who uh, this past weekend took took pretty high interest in Michigan after this uh, big win over Wisconsin in Madison. And I certainly did not see it coming. And I'm sure a lot of people didn't see it coming either. Um, I don't know how these prospects entirely felt about it before the game, but uh, they're certainly piquing their interest after the game, let's start with Anthony James, the uh, 2023 four-star. He is a defensive lineman, stands 6'5". He's 245, is a fringe top 100 prospect. He's at 101 on the composite. He's been committed to Texas A&M since February, but certainly is not shying away from his interest in the maize and blue because he has uh, been tweeting about Michigan uh, uh, over the last couple of days here. And after that big game, I think he quote tweeted uh, somebody that was tweeting about Michigan and, and just put simply just the maize and blue colors. Um, so uh, interesting fact here is that Anthony James was born in Michigan, I believe in the city of Flint. So he has ties to uh, the Michigan uh, community here and uh, has confirmed with uh, 24-7 Sports that he's going to be visiting Ann Arbor for the game against Ohio State with his family later this season. Um, but uh, keep in mind that, you know, while Michigan continues to kind of thrive here, they're sitting at 5-0, and the team that he's committed to right now, Texas A&M, kind of struggling. They've lost their last two games. They're currently unranked. Things are kind of heading south for A&M as of right now. But um, they're going to need a lot of these kinds of players in the 23 class. They're At the very least, they're going after a lot of these kinds of players uh, in the 23 class at 6'5", 245. You can kind of do a few different things with him. So, Stephen, just talk to me about what you think of Anthony James, just, I mean, 6'5", 245. He, he's a fringe top 100 prospect at this very moment. Committed to an SEC school. He's from the state of Texas. So it's going to be a tough pull no matter what. But if you keep winning these games, if you're Michigan, who knows what could happen? Yeah, it's one of those guys, especially when it's the state of Texas, it's hard to pull them out of there. Uh, being a commit to AM, it's it's another situation where, um, kind of similar to Monty Jackson, where you root for USC to kind of implode, which they did. Um, you kind of do the do the same thing here for Anthony James and Texas A&M. Just hope that they uh, continue to not really impress and Michigan continues on their path. I think for a 2023 guy, uh, again, it, it's always tough to balance the what's the actual important importance of a single season on their priority right it's more about the projection of of the program and that coaching staff are they going to be there when I'm when I'm there rather than just a single season record so it's more about the trajectory of the staff and the program overall um you know Michigan's on the right path and AM is on 
the right path if you're a Michigan fan here and wrong path if you're A&M. So um, you, you mentioned his height at 6'5". It's just a really, really solid frame to work with. Um, he ran a 4.69 at 6'5", 220. So obviously a really solid athlete. Um, if I were a betting man, I would bet he'd probably bulk up to um, anywhere from like 260 to 280. He could be kind of like a Mike Morris uh, type of guy on Michigan's defense right now. So it's a defensive lineman who can shade over to strong side defensive end. Um, and I think that's probably where he's best. Uh, just haven't seen enough of him kind of operating in space for me to be comfortable with him as a pure edge rusher. I think uh, just with that frame uh, to go along with the height, I think there's a lot of value in putting him on the inside uh, and he, just a, a a ton of mass that he can add to that frame. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he develops. Um, and I do think Michigan has the advantage here to where uh, Michigan has a lot of different roles that he can fit. So um, regardless of where he will grow into Michigan will uh, be pretty confident. They'll have a spot for him to, to slot in on that defense. So uh, really quick off the ball really like that skill set he pursues pretty well and uh i think his straight line speed definitely jumps out to me uh on film so uh, he's definitely a guy you, you take and figure out later and um you know michigan has a, a good step in getting him on campus uh getting that visit uh aligned so it seems like some of these guys are committed but they're they're you know still taking visits so it's kind of questioning how solidified his commitment is um but all you can do is try. All you can do is get them on campus, roll out the red carpet. And uh, if Michigan keeps winning and AM remains unranked, you know, um, that'll, that'll start to, I think, resonate a little bit. Now, how much, again, hard to say, but uh, it, it's getting to that situation where, um, you know, you, you do everything you can. And, um, you know, it looks like an intriguing prospect. I'll be, I'll be really watching his, his weight and seeing um, what he kind of grows into for uh, the next couple of years. Yeah, me too. And I completely agree with everything that you're saying there because the 23 class, this football season is really going to you know, lay the foundation down for their interest in Michigan. So if Michigan continues, like if they have a 10 and two season, just hypothetically, you know, that's a really good season coming off two and four Harbaugh being on the hot seat and kind of just, everything that happened when you bring in an entirely new defensive coaching staff outside of Sean Nua, everything kind of turns around pretty quickly there. The 23 guys are going to be interested, but the 22 guys who are in their senior year right now, that's going to kind of seal the deal with some of these. So you're going to have to probably wait another year before you seal the deal with these 23 guys. But at the very least you're getting in the room, you're getting, you're in the conversation for these top guys. And the tweet that I alluded to earlier that uh, Anthony James had, had quote tweeted and put the uh, maize and blue emojis there. It was uh, Clayton Safey over at uh, rivals had tweeted Wisconsin's 43 rushing yards are the least it has gained in a game since 2015. And that was obviously against Michigan. Uh, Ryan Osborne, the defensive assistant coach for Michigan had a uh, quote tweeted that. And uh, then Anthony James quote tweeted that so uh he was quote tweeting the coach there so interesting prospect we'll see if there's any chance at a flip or if he just straight up decommits reopens his recruitment because it does look like he's going to be visiting uh texas 
very, very soon uh, for October 16th for their game against Oklahoma State. And he did visit Texas over the summer as well, it looks like. So uh, could be a very interesting recruitment here. We'll keep our eyes on that one. And we will certainly keep our eyes on the recruitment of this next prospect. And his name is Tackett Curtis and uh, is a Louisiana native. And Michigan doesn't dip their toes into the waters of Louisiana very often. But this is a prospect certainly worth doing so for. He is 6'2", 218. He's a four-star linebacker, the number 66 overall player on the composite, number five at his position, and number five in the state of Louisiana. Now, he's got a ton of offers already and uh, has made quite a bit of visits already, He's in, including Michigan. He visited Michigan back on June 4th and uh, kind of took just this unofficial visit tour uh, in the month of June, uh, started off with Michigan, then hit up Wisconsin, went to Texas A&M, uh, visited Georgia and Clemson, uh, Tennessee, Penn State, Arkansas, Oklahoma State. So he really um, he, he he gassed up the car and uh, <laughs> took a took a long road trip there with his family. So Michigan was de- uh, the first destination that he had in the month of June on June 4th. Uh, And they've been staying in constant contact with him. He is by far one of the top linebackers on their board in this 2023 class. So he was very impressed with this game as well. And he had told uh, 24-7 Sports that um, they've been impressed with the job that uh, Mike McDonald has done so far, which, yeah, me too. I certainly did not expect the defense to be this Uh, turned around this quickly, Uh, but that's what uh, Tackett Curtis's father had told uh, Bryce Marich over at the Michigan Insider, that Michigan has looked great, uh, impressed with Mike McDonald, everything that he's done, and the energy uh, that they had for the game was impressive to watch, is what Mr. Curtis said. So, Stephen, again, like I said, uh, one of the top linebackers on their board, and uh, if you can land a prospect from the state of Louisiana, uh, that, that could open things up for what's to come uh, recruiting down south there. Obviously, I, I, th- I think Ron Bellamy is probably going to be a big part of this just because he's from the state of Louisiana. Uh, but nonetheless, a great prospect and somebody that you would want on your team uh, in this 23 class. Yeah, Louisiana guy is always tough to pull from that state. This is another situation where with LSU not looking as solid, I think that's a, a big benefactor here of, of targeting that state. Um, you know, you got to capitalize when the in-state programs are struggling a bit. And uh, especially for a guy who's projected at linebacker, I think it was really important if Michigan wanted to have a chance here with Mike McDonald and George Hilo, they needed to uh, show that they – you know, had the chops and could get going pretty early. So being five games in and showing, uh, you know, a top 20 defense, I think closer to top five or top 10 in scoring defense overall, that's, that's going to resonate with Curtis more than anything else, because I think I've said it with a couple other prospects as well. It was just kind of an unknown what the defense would look like under uh, mostly new staff. So to have that sort of uh, showing already should help alleviate any of those concerns from these 2023 guys. So uh, with a guy like Tackett Curtis, um, his closing speed from the very first play of his huddle film is is pretty eye-opening. Um, he plays safety on high school. He's, he's going to be a linebacker at the next level, but 
uh, even at, you know, probably 230 or so, maybe 235, where they'll want him to be. Uh, he, I think that speed's going to translate. He's got great size at 6'2". So having that, sometimes you worry if, the, if he's 5'11 or six foot, will he be able to bulk up and maintain that athleticism at a frame like 6'2"? Uh, you're much more comfortable with him bulking up to a larger uh, size and maintaining that level of athleticism. So I really like to see that. I'm worried about all the um, talk I see about Wisconsin because as soon as I saw his film before I saw anything else, I'm like, this looks like a guy that Wisconsin will just (laughs) get and just have in their stable of linebackers. So um, it's good to see that Wisconsin is going really, really hard after him um, because that shows that Michigan has, has done their due diligence on um, targeting a, a, a solid linebacker here. But again, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, Wisconsin has one of the best, if not the best linebacker developing uh, core in the country. So, um, and that's not to mention the host of other offers, you know, he's, he's got the Georgia, the Floridas of the world. He's got pretty much anywhere he would want to go. Notre Dame. He got a, a ton of different offers there. So um, he he is more. He's close to like a Junior Colson in terms of his skill set to compare against. Um, but I really like that speed. He's he's a guy who I think Don Brown would have really liked to uh, try to pitch the Viper position just because of that athleticism he brings. But uh, it'll be interesting to see where. Uh, Michigan would line him up at. I think Junior Colson is probably the only role that I could see him, but with that closing speed, you want him in as many situations um, getting going at that full speed as possible. So it'll be interesting. Um, top 100 guys with that amount of offers, it's it's never a done deal. A good thing for Michigan is there, there are no crystal balls, so it's hard to get a sense of where he's uh, leaning at this point. And again, with Michigan starting off strong with uh, their linebacker play and young linebacker play. I mentioned Junior Colson having a guy uh, that young making an impact already. That's another factor that should be contributing towards uh, Michigan's pitch for Curtis here. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of one of those things. Yeah, I I would see him in that Junior Colson type role too. But yeah, I I think he could kind of you know, he could play middle linebacker. He could play weak side linebacker. He, he could play a couple spots. And I, I actually agree with you wholeheartedly about the whole Viper thing with Don Brown. I think he's just kind of tailor made for a role like that. So really good prospect. They're going to stay on him. And yeah, good thing that there's no crystal balls or anything. And, and you know, with, with the, with the tour of uh, visits that he kind of took in uh, the month of June, I would say that it's probably safe to say he is very open-minded about his process at this point. So I wouldn't anticipate anything coming uh, in the near future there, but it is very good that he was able to uh, see Michigan up close. And then uh, obviously, uh, you know, he visited for the Wisconsin game against Michigan this past weekend. So (laughs) on the other sideline, he was with the Wisconsin folks and, uh, you know, probably very, very impressed with, uh, with how Michigan played that particular game. And we'll talk about one more guy in the 23 class. Very interesting name here. And uh, I hadn't really heard much about this prospect until very recently. And that is unranked currently offensive lineman. His name is Lucas Simmons. He's from Sweden, but recently moved to the States. He plays 
his football uh, in the state of Florida at Clearwater Academy International. He's 6'7", 300 pounds. So he is just going to be a beast of an offensive tackle at some point once he uh, really gets going with learning the game of football. He hasn't played for a super long time, uh, but he certainly has the frame to be a very successful offensive lineman. He's got quite an offer sheet already. Um, you know, I'll just throw out a few names for you here. Florida State, Louisville, obviously Michigan, uh, Miami, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Penn State, Texas, Texas A&M. Uh, you get the picture there. He's, he's starting to really gain traction uh, in the recruiting game here. 24-7 has him as a three-star, as uh, an 87 ranking, which is kind of on the higher end. I mean, it's kind of like right in the middle for three-star, but for as far as he is in his development and not really playing for super long, I'd say that's honestly fairly high uh, for a prospect like Lucas Simmons. So uh, very interesting prospect. He, he visited for the barbecue at the big house back in July. So he has seen Ann Arbor up close uh, already once. Uh, certainly you want to get him on campus again. I feel like this is kind of one of those prospects that could end up being one of their top targets overall just because of the potential there and it seems like Michigan really likes taking um, at least at the left tackle spot over the last few years they like taking a couple guys that aren't really ready right away because they know that they've already got guys at the left tackle spot that are going to be successful already I mean they've got Ryan Hayes uh, has been manning that for the last couple of years. Uh, they've, they've got a few other guys at that left tackle spot. Carson Barnhart could be in contention for a role if Hayes leaves this uh, after this year. And uh, Jeffrey Percy is another guy that is kind of waiting the wings there. So Lucas Simmons could certainly be uh, one of those kinds of prospects here. So um, he was impressed with this uh, win as well and uh, talked with 24-7 Sports about it. Says that he's still talking with uh, Sharon Moore very often. Uh, he likes the coaching staff and uh, is still learning about uh, the Michigan program. So he's saying that he he said, quote, maybe when it comes to visiting again, um, you know, he says maybe because he's already been to Michigan, which fair enough. I, I, if I were a prospect, I'd kind of want to be like attack at Curtis and kind of make my rounds as well. So, um, Stephen, I'll just throw it over to you uh, for the last word on Lucas Simmons. And uh, I mean, six, seven, three hundred. Uh, as a Swede, not really playing a whole lot of football. That's <laughs> that's got to be pretty nice, right? Yeah, it's it's pretty wild watching his film because the first thought I had before I even looked up his profile, I, I like to go to their film and just watch that first. Is the first thought I had was like, wow, he kind of he needs to like bulk up. And then I looked at like what his actual height and weight was, and it's already six, seven, three hundred pounds. And he looks like he can honestly add another 20 or 30 pounds and be functional. So it's a frame that is just massive and he's going to be able to be extremely strong and functional uh, at 325, 330 pounds. And, and um, I, I feel like I say this a lot, but they just don't build guys like this that often. So uh, there's still a long way to go in a lot of aspects, you know, technique, you're, you're for sure going to need a lot of development there. His, his kick step and pass protection isn't really there. Um, it, it's hard to really, I, I don't see like the nastiness you see with a lot of confident offensive linemen. And he does 
uh, look lost at times. So it's it, it's a case where, yeah, it makes sense, right? He He's young in his knowledge of the game. He's still probably trying to figure out what to do with that six, seven, 300 pound uh, frame that he does have. And, um, you know, when, when you're not confident on, uh, on your game or you're still new to the game, it's, it's hard to have that sort of nasty streak. So those are areas to look for development, but um, really love his lateral movement in terms of just overall athleticism. Uh, super intriguing in that regard. Uh, he is best right now when he's just blocking down in the run game. No one really stands a chance with that uh, athleticism and size. It's, it's, a, it's pretty much game over for any defensive lineman in his way there. Um, so yeah, it, it, the ranking, I'm with you. It, it, even as a three-star this is a weird one because you rank on pro potential. He's got so far to go in terms of actually developing the appropriate technique to get there. But with that athleticism, you almost have to rank him somewhat high. And I think the offer list kind of, uh, kind of sees that projection for him as well. And being a left tackle, it's a position where you don't want a young guy there anyway. So uh, Michigan can really trot out, like you said, the the path they laid out for for a guy like Ryan Hayes, um, a guy like Jeff Percy, who is a tight end converted into a tackle. So a lot of these athletic guys that uh, Michigan likes to take, and that's a position where if you're going up against uh, the Aiden Hutchinsons of the world, you need a pretty dynamic athlete to be able to hack it. So I think Michigan's got a good good shot here, just with the strength of the recruiting acumen that a guy like Sharon Moore will have uh, Michigan's past at that position. Um, but again, it's super early and with the amount of offers and being from Sweden, there's not any, you know, previous association with Michigan that uh, could really benefit uh, in this scenario. So it does have to be just, listen, we've taken guys like you before and turned them into NFL players. And we think that you fit into that as well. So leveraging those relationships and um, that sort of path is going to be really important for Michigan to make a dent here early. So, so we'll see, but um, I mean, he, I, I don't want to call him like the Dan Falele of uh, you know, the 2020s. Um, if you remember Falele, he was a, uh, Yep. I, was he from Australia? But he was like 400 pounds. He's like 6'8", 400 pounds, played at IMG, just really didn't know what he was doing, but just a massive, massive frame to work with. And now uh, I think he's still at Minnesota, right? And he's looking to get drafted after this year. So yep. kind of the same same deal that uh, that you're looking here for Simmons, where it's just like, this guy's going to move people. <laughs> it's just about getting them up to speed. And um, I think, I think, uh, the offer list speaks for itself in, in Simmons case. Yeah. I think somebody that you'd want to pair him up with uh, later on down the road on an official, official visit is a uh, Julius Welshov, who was obviously a, a relative unknown yeah. in his recruiting class uh, international prospect. They took him and, you know, he, he got quite a bit of run last year, hasn't played a ton this year, but it's still a guy that you would clearly want to, take advantage of that kind of, you know, not exactly similar, but very, uh, you know, it, it's, it's the path that he was taking uh, is very similar to what Simmons is taking currently. So it would be uh, interesting to see what would develop there, but 
Stephen, thank you very much for this uh, Monday morning edition <laughs> of Future Brew. Very much appreciated. And thanks to everybody out there for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. Stephen, where are you at, buddy? You can find me at Stephen Toski. And follow Maze and Brew on whatever social media platform you use, uh, except for the days where Facebook and Instagram are down. You won't be able to see us there, much like <laughs> Greg Glenn had to uh, endure with on Monday. But uh, be sure to subscribe, especially to Stephen's YouTube channel. We'd appreciate it. Give us all the five-star reviews on all the podcasts. We would certainly appreciate that as well. For Stephen Ostentoski, I'm Vaughn Lozon. Catch you guys next time. Go Blue.